Good morning. How's it going? Good? Good. So, first of all, I just want to get this out of the way right now before we roll into December. I'm just going to be honest. We're, we're just opening ourselves up here. I'm just going to tell you right now. That and... Actually, that is exactly how I feel about this topic, which is I hate Elf on the Shelf. I hate Elf on the Shelf. Well, I can explain why, okay? The reason why is because he's mischievous and horrible and misbehaved and, and it's, 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 he needs a big pow pow is what he needs. And I'm, you know, you can keep your demonic elf on the shelf if you want, but if you are anti-elf on the shelf, maybe next, next month at the December Moms, we could have like a elf burning or something, just a thought. Have a little elf bonfire, roast them over the fire, make little elf s'mores. All right. Okay. I'm going to get off that because that's starting to get, that's starting to show a whole other side of me. And I'm on a lot of medications, and my children say that when I'm on this specific pain med that I'm on right now, that I get super aggressive. <laughs> it's true. It's it's good. I'm 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 okay though. I'm all right. I'm all right. Happy thoughts. So I just want you to know how together I am as a person, as a wife, and as a mother. Uh, this morning uh, we were Rachel and Raina and I. I have three daughters. One is away at college, and then Raina. Our middle daughter is a ninth grader at Westminster Academy, and Rachel, our youngest, is a seventh grader here at Bethany. So this morning, I was doing the little drop-off loop, and I drove to Westminster, and I dropped Raina off, and the way they direct the traffic around, you kind of loop back around, and you see students that you've dropped off crossing the street. You're waiting, and the crossing guard's crossing them, and you're sitting waiting. And I was, like, sitting there, and I was looking out, and I was like, oh, my goodness. There's our sweet girl. Look at her. She's so beautiful. She's growing up. And I'm saying all this out loud, and Rachel goes, what are you talking about? And I said, Rachel. I mean, I said, Raina, she's crossing the road right now. And she goes, Mom, that's not Raina. <laughs> Literally. She said, that is not Raina. And I said, I am an excellent mother. I don't even recognize my own children. But I keep telling myself it's the medication. It'll all be fine someday. So with those thoughts in mind, I'd like to humbly come before you and try to talk to you about something about Jesus. Um, So it's all him, not me. I pray that everything that I say that is from him remains and that everything else that I say that is unimportant would fall away. Julie mentioned one of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses from the Bible, which is Matthew 20, 28. Um, Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I wish I could put that on a placard and hang it in front of my eyes all the time as a reminder. But what I have done is memorize that verse. And I encourage you ladies to memorize God's word. It's powerful. It makes a huge difference. It's such a wonderful thing when you're going through that frustrating moment and you don't know what else to do or where else to turn. God is so faithful and he always brings his word back to our hearts and minds. Well, when we talk about service, Sandy mentioned this briefly, just talking about our culture, um, that 
in God's economy, in the way God does everything, it's totally different. It's totally contrary to what the world wants us to do. Like, the first shall be last, the greatest among you shall be the least, the poor inherit the earth. I mean, this is some weird stuff right here. You try to talk about this in public and people just don't get it. They don't understand it. And it's easy to buy into the other culture, which is my needs, my time, my my protection, my family, my, you know, and culturally we get a lot of that. You need time for you. And yeah, I get that. We do. But what we really need, are you ready? We don't need us time. We need Jesus time. Do you understand the difference, girls? Yes, we need Jesus time. And what that means is when we spend time with him, understanding his words, his concepts for our life, learning about how he lives in us, how he has created us to be his daughters before the foundations of the earth were laid, it just blows my mind that that is the God that we get to serve. And so instead of being so stuck on, we need more me time, I need to go do all these things for myself because then I'm a better mother. I get that and that has its place, but if we aren't doing Jesus time, that other stuff is going to wear off in about an hour. About 10 minutes after your massage that you just went and got is done, you're going to be upset and tense again if you don't have Jesus in the center of everything. So the God of our universe, he didn't ascend to sit on an earthly throne to rule. And that's what in his day people were looking for. They were hoping that they would have this conquering king come and destroy all his enemies. And instead he condescended to earth. He humbled himself. He became a human, took on flesh to serve us all the way to his death. Jesus, when he was on earth, he didn't amass and hoard great wealth. Instead, he lived like a vagrant. He chose willingly to have no earthly place to lay his head. He doesn't defend himself when people lie about him. He stays silent like a lamb to the slaughter. In short, Jesus has what we just cannot wrap our minds around. He has complete hope and trust in his Father, so then he is free and at peace serving others. And he wasn't showboating when he washed the disciples' feet. Do you know what that means? He wasn't like, okay, look at my humility, everyone. (laughs) He wasn't doing that. And I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that. And plus, washing someone's feet would be a really weird way to showboat. But that's another. (laughs) But he was showing them just a glimpse of the unending love that he has for us. His service poured out of him. And that's, that's the example I want. His service poured out of him. It was natural and reflexive, and it was born out of a pure motive and desire to serve. It was beautiful. So how do we put that kind of service to work within our marriages and our homes? Okay, so here are three things, and they're in your magazine, um, just so you know. Let me set this aside. First, remember who you're really serving. Colossians 3.23 tells us whatever you do, 
work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord rather than people. Our ability to serve is directly related to our walk with Jesus. We can only try really hard for so long, and then our selfishness kicks in. When our relationship with Jesus is first and foremost, he rules our desires. I used to think that um, Psalm 37, 4 was one of the greatest verses ever because it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I loved that verse because I was like, so I get what I want. Isn't that great? So godly. And um, But what I started realizing was, A, delight yourself in the Lord, then leads to B, he gives you the desires of your heart. And why is that? Because he changes your heart. He rules your desires. And that's so powerful and beautiful. This is, I love Matthew Henry. Um, He's written, to me, one of the most wonderful uh, commentaries on the entire Bible. It's just so powerful and so eloquent. And um, I would encourage you, there's so many tools online now. So as you're going through scripture, you can always just pull up Matthew Henry online and have free access to just this treasure trove of godly wisdom. And he writes that it is the duty of Christ's disciples to serve one another for mutual edification. This includes both humility and usefulness. The followers of Christ must be ready to stoop to the meanest offices of love for the good of one another, and they must submit to one another. Christ demonstrated his humble heart and his desire to serve at all times. He saw the eternal picture, and he gave heavenly perspective to everything he did. Christ doesn't just call us to, to love one another. He calls us to serve one another, to put that love into an action. Here's the other part, though. Galatians 5.13 says, We are to serve one another humbly in love. So this type of service that Christ is calling us to isn't the, I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to serve you. It's not that kind of service. It's that Christ-like service, what we talked about earlier, that natural and reflexive overflow of a heart and a mind and an agenda and motives and a schedule that have already been surrendered to Jesus before our days even started, before our feet even hit the floor. Like Julie said, holding everything, including your agenda, with an open hand. Okay, number two is a biggie in my personal life. Um, It says, realize it's not a competition, and don't keep track of who does the most. Do you guys do that? Yes, you do. Okay, so if your motives are pure, you're simply accomplishing kingdom business. However, if you're doing things for recognition, you're going to be really disappointed. A few years ago, I spoke at a mom's meeting, and a mom picked up on something I said, and so she kind of thought to herself, she's like, you know, I'm going to go try that at my house. So she took this little, I had a scripture verse that I had, um, that God had given me when my husband and I were at a really, really dark place in our marriage, and I had given it to him. I'd written it down and put it in a little frame, and I'd given it to him as a reminder of what I believed God was about to do in our relationship. And so she's like, you know what, I'm going to go do that. 
So she went and did it. She wrote it out, put it somewhere for her husband to see, and he didn't notice it. And she's like, did you notice the verse that I wrote there? He's like, what verse? And she's like, really? You didn't notice the verse that I wrote? And so it just turned into this other little moment, which just is so me. That is so me. I'm like, look at the linen closet. Isn't it pretty? Don't touch the towels. Didn't say you could use them. But we kind of all do that a little bit. To truly serve each other, we have to take our ego out of the picture. And, you know, like I love to do random acts of kindness and and things like that. But I kind of, I don't know, I have a little bit of hesitance because I see culturally that now it's like, look at all the random acts of service I've done on Pinterest. Have you noticed that? And it's like, just do it. Just serve. Don't, you know, don't point to it. Just go do it. Matthew Henry yet again writes, this is the dignity of Christ's disciples faithfully to discharge this duty. The way to be great and chief is to be humble and serviceable. Those that are most humble and self-denying and lay out themselves most to do good, though the, to the diminishing of themselves, these honor God most, and those he will honor. As he must become a fool that would be wise, so he must become a servant. Okay, so number three, let's go back to one and two. Let me just review those. Remember who you're really serving, one. Number two, realize it's not a competition and don't keep track of who does the most. And then three, since it's not a competition, do not play the who is busier game. This one, I'm I'm writing this because these are my struggles, okay? Matt and I did this one a lot when we were first married, Um, especially when I started staying at home. I felt like I had to really demonstrate how busy I was all day, and I had to, like, really, like, show him, like, uh, you know, I really do a lot, too, that kind of thing, which always really worked out great, and it never ended in arguing. I always got my point across in a really godly fashion, and... It were, he was like, I see now that, that you are busy. Thank you, my darling. That really taught me so many lessons. Um, so, you know, what can I say? I'm an awesome person. So um, here's the thing, though. When we're serving in this way, may I suggest that the best way that you can serve your husband, we, we already talked about, is first of all, it's born out of a relationship with Christ. And then the other piece of that is that you serve your husband with your schedule. Whoa, that's crazy. You serve your husband with your schedule because what can happen and happens to us quite often is I have an idea of how I want my things to go. I have an idea of what I want my week to look like. And Matt has his idea of how he wants his schedule to go. And then a lot of times those schedules do not complement each other. And so what I have had to do is say, how can I serve you by scheduling with you in mind first? Now, that doesn't mean I never schedule stuff for myself. That's not what I'm saying at all. You guys know me enough to know that I'm a very social person. I love going and doing things and that kind of stuff. But what I do first and foremost is I look at what he needs and what his desires are before I just start slapping things on my schedule. And then I also think about my family and what their routine and their rhythm needs to look like throughout a week. Then with all those things in mind, I sit down and look at my calendar. Does that make sense? 
All right. So um, as many of you know, I've gone through kind of a tough time. Uh, still working on some health issues. Um, and God has shown me himself in amazing and beautiful ways. And that's been one of the prayers that I've had consistently for almost a year now since I've been laying in bed almost all the time. And um, I'm going to tell you two quick stories to show you the love and the service that God gives to us when we least expect it. The first happened about a week ago. And um, our daughter Delaney came home about three weeks ago from FSU, surprised us, came home for a visit. It was awesome. I was thrilled. I was so excited. And she knows that one of my most favorite things ever, especially since I've not felt well, is flowers, just a little bouquet of fresh flowers. Because the way I happen to lay in bed, I can see them sitting on my little dresser. So she brought a little um, bouquet of um, pink carnations to me. And I made those things stretch for three weeks, baby. I was like clipping them as they were drooping, rearranging them, doing all this stuff. And finally, last Thursday, I had to kiss them goodbye. It was They were done. It was getting kind of gross. So um, I went to throw them away, and I had this thought. I'm like, you know, Trader's, Trader Joe's just open. It's kind of right on the way home from church. I'm going to ask my husband to grab me a little $4 bouquet of flowers just to throw in the vase to have something to look at. As I picked up the phone, just as clear as day, God said, don't pick up that phone. He said, don't you know, Dee, that I'm going to give you the desires of your heart? Put that phone down. I was like, so I did. It was a miracle. I, I, I obeyed and didn't say anything. <laughs> I wrote that down in my journal because that never happens. So... <laughs> So um, I put the phone down, and the next day I had a very sweet friend who had run an errand for me, and she dropped off a couple of things that I needed for the house. And she handed me a bag, and in the transition, it was like a brown bag. She handed it to me. I took it in. I wasn't registering. I asked her how I could pray for her. We prayed together really briefly on my front patio. And I hugged and hugged and hugged her, and she left. And I walked inside, and I opened the bag, and inside was an orchid plant. So I texted her and I said, you just don't understand what you just did. You fulfilled something that God told me less than 24 hours ago. Less than an hour later, my husband gets home from work and in he walks with a bouquet of flowers. And he said, this truly is a miracle because I never buy you flowers. (laughs) And that is true. He is wonderful in many other ways. Yesterday, I was having a very difficult day, and I'm telling you this to be honest. My life is hard right now. I was having a really bad day, and I put the SOS out to a couple of friends, and I said, please help me. I am so discouraged, and I'm so tired in this moment. I don't know what else to do. My friend contacted me, and she said, what is your address? Are you home right now? 30 minutes later, knock, knock, knock on the door. Someone comes to the door, shows up with a milkshake and a tube of red lipstick and writes to me with crayon and notebook paper. I know it won't make everything better, but my best friend in high school used to say nothing was as bad with bright red lipstick and a milkshake. (laughs) Love you and I'm praying for you, Abigail. That is service. 
And when I was talking to her this morning and I said, I love this note, I'll keep it forever, and I love that it's written in crayon, her response was, it was what I had. <laughs> and, I, and, and I thought, what a perfect and beautiful way to define service. It is what you have. I love you women. I hope and pray daily that each one of you will get just a tiniest sliver of understanding for the type of love and adoration that Jesus has for each and every one of you. And I pray that you will look everywhere all the time and ask Jesus to show himself to you in beautiful and unexpected ways, whether it's red lipstick, a milkshake, a surprise bouquet, a rainbow in the sky. Look for him as you serve others, and I promise you he will be there. I love you guys.